It's the day before game day here on the North Shore Drive podcast. You know what that means. It's time for the Accrature Fan Advantage. We bring you an opponent expert every single week. This week, we got Sarah Ellison of the Ravens Vault podcast. It's going to be a fun one here. We'll talk about all the things to look forward to. Steelers Ravens Saturday afternoon. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and this is the Acrisure Fan Advantage, where all season long, Acrisure is bringing you closer to the game than ever before. Every 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 week, we bring make sure that your burning questions are answered by our insider, Brian Batko, uh, who covers the Steelers for us at the Post-Gazette, and then we give you an in-depth conversation with an opponent expert each week. This week, it is Sarah Ellison of the Ravens Vault podcast. We had your partner, Bobby Baltimore, on earlier in the season, and that was a great conversation. Learned a lot with him. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me, and it's always fun to talk Raven Steelers. Absolutely. Even though this is a game where technically it doesn't have to, it doesn't have any implication. And not even technically, it doesn't have any implication on the Ravens' playoff hopes. They have locked up the number one seed. They've already said they're sitting Lamar Jackson. But I think that Steelers fans who are thinking, "Oh, they're going to take this lightly." The Ravens have have that saying where you're not a Raven until you beat the Steelers. And there's quite a few guys in the roster that are like, I want to prove myself this week. There's plenty of people, and it starts with Tyler Huntley. We know Lamar Jackson is not going to play, but Tyler Huntley, for the first time in his career, is going to be an unrestricted free agent. The Ravens Mm. picked him up uh, as an undrafted rookie, and he's been behind Lamar for all of these years. And so you better believe he wants to put on tape before he goes out into free agency that, look, this isn't me in the preseason, okay? This is And this, this is against the Steelers when the playoffs are on the line for Pittsburgh. And I know there's like several different scenarios where the Ravens <laughs> can clinch, and I know some of them are like circus kind of scenarios. But, um, yeah, so it means a lot to the Steelers, and so this is a division rival. So – Tyler Huntley has a lot to prove. I highly doubt that some of the starting wide receivers are going to play. Zay Flowers has been playing through stuff the mm. last couple of weeks. Rookie, you know, rook, rookie receiver that's had a great year. There's no way they're going to play OBJ and put him out there and risk him to injury. Uh, on the flip side, I mean, these some of these starters are going to have little to no, like Roquan Smith. I don't know that he'll be out there. Patrick Queen, they were both just voted in as the only pair of inside linebacker pro bowlers um but but here's the thing and this is this is where it can get kind of interesting is that regardless as uh, to who has gone down this year right so mark Mm -hmm. andrews goes down isaiah likely steps up marlon humphrey went down in the middle of that game darby steps up um kyle hamilton went i mean it just keeps happening top two running backs go down And so this will be a test. Everybody keeps talking about the Ravens' depth. I personally think that the depth is there, but Lamar Jackson always seems to raise everybody's uh, level of gameplay. So, so yeah, it's it's the pride. It's I and you guys, I'm sure, feel the same way. Ravens fans always like to spoil the Steelers, whatever they can. Mm -hmm. So, no, it does not have playoff implications for Baltimore, but there is a lot on the line for the guys that are playing. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a big it's a big game either way. Also, I think Steelers fans need to remember Tyler Huntley beat them last year. 
I think that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that happened in Acrisure Stadium. Granted, he only threw for 88 yards, and he wasn't the biggest story of the game. But still, <laughs> yeah. he you, he can manage a game, and he was only 8 of 12, but he can he could he avoided the big, terrible plays. He only got sacked one time in that game, and that was a game that if the Steelers had won, they'd have been in the playoffs last year. So there's a, there's a lot of implications there. But I, I wanted to talk to you also about what the Ravens have strung together this season because at one point, you know, they were playing really strong, and they looked up and I was like, man, they have a rough end of the schedule. You got the Jaguars, who at one point looked like they were tough, then the Niners, then the Dolphins, and then the Steelers, uh, who are going to be fighting for their lives. I was like, man, that's a rough slate. And they have smoked everyone that they have <laughs> not just beaten, I mean smoked. And that deserves a lot of credit for what Harbaugh, Jackson, and the whole team has really put together. I'm actually stunned by it. I mean, and I'm and I've I'm an optimistic person. You know, I I've always felt like the Ravens were going to be good this year. I felt like when I looked at the roster and what Eric DeCosta put together, I said, okay, this is this is a playoff roster, even perhaps a Super Bowl contending roster. And so, coming from somebody who already believed in the Ravens. I mean, this has been a playoff schedule since they've come out of their bye with the Rams at the time. Nobody was really talking about the Rams, but the Rams have really put on quite a a, a run here recently. Then you had a division leader in Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the way, last year is the one that kind of made the Ravens start to sputter. It was after that game. They, they, They do that. You've got Mike Florio out there saying that the 49ers were going to kick the bleep out of the Ravens and that it wasn't even going to be a contest. Then they go across the country on Christmas night, Mm -hmm. beat them to your point. And then Miami, holy, you know what? Like it just is like 56 points (laughs) against another team that this isn't like college, Chris, as you know, where this is a powerhouse, you know. Top ten college. This, this isn't Georgia versus the you know you know Rochester or something like that. Right, that was two right. NFL teams. This was Miami was playing for the number one seed. They were playing mm-hmm. to steal the number one seed from the Ravens, and you win that fifty six to nineteen. And what's crazy is the Ravens had some pretty big lopsided wins early in the year against Detroit and against the Seahawks. Again, no slouches. But even back then, there was always a feeling in Baltimore the offense still hasn't hit its stride because it's under a new brand new coordinator and we're totally giving the keys to Lamar Jackson. That has not happened in the past, totally empowering him. And it just felt like, okay, they still haven't hit it. They still haven't hit it. And then Miami came week 17 and you're like, Oh, okay. So this is what the offense is capable of even with the past impressive wins in weeks three and four and five. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's been very impressive to see what they've what they've put together. Um, you see the numbers that they're putting up, and look, you look at the Ravens overall right now. They are the number one defense. Like everyone talks about, oh, Miles Garrett plays in the best defense. I'm like, I'm sorry, the the defense that's allowing the fewest points, the fewest passing touchdowns, the fewest rushing touchdowns, and has forced the most turnovers. That's the Baltimore Ravens right now. They they play the best defense, and they have the second highest scoring offense. That's that's how you build a team. That's that, that they, you got everything going for you right now. I, I think one thing, and you mentioned Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. I saw Patrick Queen kind of dealing with a shoulder or something uh, during the Dolphins game. Those are two key elements to this defense. Like you said, they're they're both Pro Bowl bound. They're going they're going to be there. They both deserve it. They've played phenomenally this year. Their presence on the field has helped the Ravens a lot. And I think that's something where the Steelers have started to run the ball. If they're not on the field, what does that do to the Ravens defense? 
Yeah, well, I mean, Roquan Smith is not only, um, you know, a leader in terms of, you know, tackles and his actual play and what he's mm -hmm. able to produce, but he's also the leader of the defense. And so uh, no matter what's going on, when you go into it, it he really is. And for several years, it's been unfair. Anytime a middle linebacker comes in, everybody wants to compare him to Ray Lewis and Ray would right. do this and Ray would do that. And it's like, no, 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 don't go there. For this year, for the first time, people have been unafraid to compare him to Ray. In fact, I we have Roquan on our show almost weekly, um, awesome. and uh, and he's such he he's such a likable guy. He's he's such a good guy. So so to your point, not only are you missing out on that production, but you're you're missing out on that leadership. And you know, I talked about Tylen Wallace getting a, a a shot. Well, that's where these other linebackers. So Trenton Simpson, he's somebody that the Ravens just drafted. In fact. Uh, for a minute, Patrick Queen seemed to be a little salty about it, but he got over it, and he's like, you know what? This was dumb of me. I shouldn't have reacted that way. So Trenton Simpson, who, if the Ravens can, I mean, they already spent – they're spending $20 million a year now on Roquan. Can you do that for a second inside linebacker? That, that's tough. I know fans want it, but, but you know, you're paying Lamar and all these other guys. So if he doesn't return, it, it might be Trenton Simpson's turn to step up and be the guy next to Roquan. So now we get an early look to see what Trenton Simpson can do. Malik Harrison might be able to get in there, Delshawn Phillips. So there are, there's guys, they're not Roquan and they're not PQ, but they want to prove that they can stand next to him. I want to point out other key matchups here on the other side of this first break. She's Sarah Ellison of the Ravens Vault podcast here talking Steelers Ravens with us. We'll do that on the other side of this first break. I'm your host, Chris Carter. But first, we'll remind you, this is the Accuracy Fan Advantage, where all season long we've brought you insider burning questions answered by Brian ba by Brian Batko on this show and opponents experts every single week, the day before the game. Tune in every single week here to the North Shore Drive podcast or go to accuracy.com slash fan advantage, and you can ask your questions there. We're also brought to you by the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. That's Mike's Beer Bar, the and when you go to Mike's Beer Bar, they have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are local, and 80 of those local beers available on tap. And they're rotating new ones in and out all the time. They also have over 20 televisions. So if you want to catch all the playoff action on Sunday and make sure that you're monitoring all the games the Steelers need to go in their favor to make the playoffs, that's the best place to go do it. You can even reserve a table with the TV tuned to the game that you want to see when you go to Mike's Beer Bar. You can also get their steak on a stone meal where they bring you your choice cut of steak. And every time that you, that you cut a piece off, you press it into the stone and you choose how well done you want every single bite of your steak go to mike's beer bar the best bar in all of pittsburgh when you get there tell him chris sent you we're back here on the north shore drive podcast it's the accuracy fan advantage here from the pittsburgh post gazette chris carter here with sarah ellison of the ravens vault podcast sarah Let's talk about a few things here. Now, one of the key elements of the Steelers is their pass rush, of course, and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Nick Herbig, who who's continued to emerge this year, Cam Hayward, those guys. They're going to be facing a Ravens offensive line that has been pretty strong this, this year. And the question I have to you is, is the, is the full Ravens offensive line to be expected for this game? Because that's another group where they have a lot of veterans on it. Uh, definitely not. Um, so already, and it's super unique, Chris, and I know you know this, the Ravens for the, like the past three or four games, they've actually been rotating both their tackle spots mm -hmm. that like, we all know that offensive line, it's all about continuity and getting used to each other. So that's why it's so rare. Um, but I think Ronnie Stanley left tackle, former pro bowl, all pro mm -hmm. um, has just been dealing with stuff all year and he's been fighting, but he's been dealing with stuff. And then so is Morgan Moses and Morgan Moses is a, is, you know, uh, no, not, 
not a spring chicken anymore. He's right. the, He's the, the latter years. Yeah. The latter years of, of, of his uh, career. And so they've just been banged up. And so if you're rotating them during when, when the seating and the playoffs are on the line, I just imagine they're going to give both tackles um, the, the, the entire day off the entire afternoon off. Uh, and then Kevin Zeitler, uh, who's been the, the stalwart right guard, uh, he's actually missed last game with the with an injury, so I don't imagine he'll be in there. Probably Ben Cleveland, um, and so I'm actually interested myself. In fact, we just did a Raven Steelers preview on my show mm-hmm. uh, with Brooke Pryor of ESPN. She was fantastic. Oh, get out of here! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. She was great. Um, she's like an encyclopedia. These these print, these print you know journalists that it's just like <laughs> have everything filed away up there. So. Um, anyway, I, I said in that preview that I'm actually interested in seeing how this offensive line is going to, is going to play and who's going to be out there because I still don't know. I just imagine that those older guys who've been banged up won't be there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big question. Also full disclosure, we are recur- recording this noon on, on, uh, on Thursday. So we're not mm-hmm. seeing all the, all the practice reports. There'll be a Thursday practice report where we get to see and see guys. The Steelers are getting back guys like Minka Fitzpatrick and Landon Roberts. They practiced on Wednesday. We'll see how they continue to, to throughout, throughout the week. But I wanted to ask you too, uh, Sarah, about one guy that some Steelers fans really kind of wanted when he came out in the draft, and that was Tyler Linderbaum at center. He has played mm-hmm. at a very high level. Uh, you know, I think one, undoubtedly one of the best centers in football. And he's another key element to this game because he keeps everyone. What has he done so well to keep everyone in line, but also play so well in the middle of that, of that offense? He, he just puts on his hat and he comes to work, grabs his lunch pail, and he comes to work. He's very um, quiet. He's all about his business. It's um, he, that's it. Like he just, he just comes to work. And, and it was interesting because there were some questions about, you know, his size and all of that, but they're just, he has that wrestling background. He knows how to use leverage. He just from day one has just fit right in with Lamar Jackson being everything that he needs to be. In fact, when Kevin Zeitler, the, the veteran guard on, on the right side, yeah, they put in Ben Cleveland. And let me tell you, they had Linderbaum sliding over, sliding over, sliding over. And so he's already gotten to that point in his second Man. year where he can like be the one who doesn't just do his job, but helps out with other people's job. And he's never had to on the right side because Kevin Zeitler's always been there. And it's just thinking back to that. I mean, I can see why people want it, but with the Pro Bowl announcements coming out just Wednesday night, Eric DaCosta had two first round draft picks because of the trade for, for uh, Hollywood Brown out to Arizona and his two first-round draft picks, Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, both made the Pro Bowl in their second year. So yeah. people are definitely praising Eric DaCosta this morning. They, they, and they should be. Kyle Hamilton's also been phenomenal at safety. I love him coming up. I remember when, when seeing him fall to the Ravens, I was like, how did the NFL let that happen? Like, that guy was supposed to be like a top eight pick. And then here he is. What do you fall to, like 14 or something when the 14. Ravens come? I love it when the NFL does it. They did the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Let him fall to 32. Let's listen. Like, and the Steelers do the same thing. Like, you just keep you just keep winning. You don't go play for a draft pick. And you let the NFL mess up and let stars fall to you. TJ Watt was the 30th overall pick. Like unreal. Insane. It's, it, it's stuff. It's, it's crazy. Lamar Jackson, 32nd overall. TJ yeah. Watt, 30th overall. But yeah. let, let's talk real quick, big picture, real quick, before we get back to focusing in on this game. 
if the Steelers, let's say the Steelers win this game and then, you know, one of two things need to happen. They either need the, the Dolphins to beat the Bills or the Titans to beat the Jaguars. If they win this game and they get that to happen, they're in the playoffs. That would make three AFC North teams in the playoffs. And I would be the most scared of all three of them because the Ravens are playing the best football in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Browns are playing like, why would you want to play that team right now? They have Joe Flacco and they're beating people. And who knows what that's going to even going to look like. The Steelers with Mason Rudolph are averaging 30 points a game all, all, all of a sudden. If I'm the Dolphins, the Bills, whoever wins the AFC South, uh, you know, like one of those, one of those, the Chiefs. I'd be looking around like, man, that division is annoying this year. And I, I think it speaks to the level of competition that these four teams specifically have given each other all year. Chris, think about this. The 49ers, I believe, have four losses. Three of them are Three of them to the AFC North. Great. Chris, this is the one thing, and this is why as much as we all hate each other, right, as, in, as division <laughs> rivals, like, you better believe – in Baltimore, we have respect. Even though we hate y'all, we yeah. have respect for the Browns. We have respect for the Steelers. We're a little annoyed with the Bengals, for, to be to be honest. But uh, they get a little taste of success, and they're a little bit, you know, the fans anyway, <laughs> big-headed. So, but, um, but, like, I was thinking the other day, like, who would I least want to see in the postseason, as well as the Ravens are playing? And it would be... The AFC North teams. Yeah. Because it's different in the AFC North. Chris, you know this. This is the black and blue division. This is the physical division. And we just saw this with, with Miami. Speed kills, right? Yep. But if you start punching, you start mm-hmm. punching speed, mm-hmm. it slows you down. It's it's the Mike Tyson quote. Like, you have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. There AFC North knows how to give punches, and they know how to take punches. So I would prefer, plus we just all know each other so well. We know our yep. strengths. We know our weaknesses. We play each other twice a year. So I'd prefer to not have that. But also just to 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 Cleveland, you're welcome that we're lending you our Super Bowl champion quarterback right now. We know what he can do. And we need that. We need that. Like we love Joe, but this all needs to end right now. His, his ride has got to end. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you entirely. But you're, I, I was going to bring that up too, that if I'm the Ravens, I want to play the Dolphins again or the Chiefs yes. or the Bills or, or the whoever Bills. wins the AFC South because yeah. the the Browns, they give you a fight. Um, I believe they they split. In fact, you look at the Ravens schedule, they're what? They're 13 and three, two of the three losses, Browns, Steelers. Like, like that's that that right there. The the, the Steelers are four and one in the division right now. It's crazy enough the Bengals went. Uh, you know, if they lose Sunday, they are winless on the year in the division. I don't think anyone had that happening. Granted, <laughs> we also didn't see Joe Burrow going out for the year, but still, yeah. I, again, I think it speaks to, like you said, the competition, the respect that they have in the division. Mike Tomlin, you know, when asked what has led to the success in the division, uh, and and he said it's chestnut checkers. You know, we we know each other so well, and so it allows for a layered strategy where you're able to go up against each other. Whereas, like the Steelers played Seattle last last week, and it's a matchup that you only play maybe once every four years. So that's a little bit different as far as how you know each other. But now you know this team's tendencies, not just these ten- their tendencies, their tendencies against you and vice right. versa happens because the Ravens know the Steelers. And crazy enough, and you, you brought up the, you know, the AFC North team, the Steelers have won six of the last seven times against the Ravens. I didn't realize that until like about like a month ago and I was like, Wait, what? And I just because yeah. I just I just think these teams go back and forth every year, and you know, I, and the, the Ravens will pay the Steelers back very soon. Like I think it's that is like a pendulum that just swings back and forth. Yeah. But 
if I'm the Ravens in the playoffs, yeah, I'd rather if I'm the one seed and I get a game off, I, I'm hoping that the Jaguars or the Colts or the Chiefs or the team coming coming to coming to town, not the Steelers or the Browns, because that those games don't matter what how good or bad either team is, they're always going down to the wire. Always going down to the wire. And by the way, I had to look back up. Now, part of the reason the, the Steelers have won so many recently is for some reason. Lamar, whether it's because of COVID or injuries or yep. like this week where he's just not going to play. Lamar hasn't played in a few of those games. Yep. That being said, though, I don't want to take anything away from the Steelers because it is one of the few teams. It doesn't matter how well Lamar Jackson is playing. It's like Mike Tomlin and the Steelers just they have figured out ways to slow him down. Mm -hmm. um, and and so and now part of it, the last time we just played. It was really annoying for Ravens fans because they're like, okay, Lamar's going to redeem himself. Touchdowns. And then all those drops, including in the end zone, it's like, can y'all come? Can you please step up for your guy here against this division rival or whatever? So now it won't even matter because he won't play. But uh, but yeah, it is crazy how Steelers have been on a run. It's insane. I want to talk more about this matchup specifically. We'll do that on the other side of this next break here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Is the Accurate Fan Advantage with Chris Carter and Sarah Ellison of the Ravens Vault podcast. But first, I want to remind you, we're also brought to you by Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. They are mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by Game Time. The website is gametime.co, but the app is Game Time. You can download right to your phone to get all your favorite tickets to your favorite events without it being a stressful process. Game Time gets you the tickets that you want to see for sporting events music co music concerts comedy events theater events anything near you game time gets you the tickets fast and easy way and it also gets you the best prices and when i'm talking about the best prices i'm talking about if you're a person that like me i often wait till close up to a con a big concert that i want to do on the day of and i'll say i want to see what the best prices i can get but sometimes i go to the ticket booth or i go to the other websites and i'm like i'm not sure sure about these prices and i'll find a scalper on the street and they're like oh, i can get you these tickets but i'm like i'm not sure sure if that's a good ticket at all game time is the best of both worlds why because it shows you all the views from all the seats that you can buy, and it shows you all the best prices that you can have. And Game Time's so confident that they're getting you the best prices that they promise you if you find tickets in the same section and row, row for less somewhere else to a concert you get off of Game Time, they will give you 110% of the difference in credit on game on the Game Time app. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Accurate Fan Advantage, Chris Carter, Sarah Ellison from the Ravens Vault podcast. Sarah, if you look at this game, and, and like you said, the Ravens aren't sleeping this game. They want to win because if they win, it hurts the Steelers' play. It doesn't knock them out of the playoffs, but it severely hurts their chances. They would then need both the Jaguars to lose to the Titans and the Broncos to beat the Raiders, I believe, are the two things that they would need if they lost this game. So that would, that, that would be a situation. If there is a thing that the Ravens need to key on in this game, we, again, uh, just estimating who's going to play. What is the biggest factor the Ravens need to t need to key in on? The Ravens' defense. Uh, well, no, either side. Just oh, either uh, side. The, okay, I thought you yeah. said defense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like they need to find a way to get uh, the run game going, um, and to just take some pressure off of Tyler Huntley. Um, so I feel like that that needs to get moving now on the defensive side. Here's what's interesting. So. Um, where I think a huge key would be, and it's always turnovers, right? Keys are always turnovers, but to be more specific on that, 
Um, the Ravens have already tested their secondary strength quite a bit this year. And then in the middle of that Miami game with Tyree Kill right there, now they didn't have Waddle, but Marlon went down and then Hamilton was already out. And so they were down big time in their DBs. And then Ronald Darby and Rocky Seen came in and had a great game. So to me, these guys have been playing at a starter level. Um, so even though the, the backups, I think that they can. So to me, and I know Mason is off, I mean, just playing super confidently. He's, I think the key behind, you know, the, the recent surge for, for the Steelers. But to mm -hmm. me, if you're going to have a chance, you, you, with, with all these backups, you've got to be able to generate turnovers. You've got to. And so I'm going to be looking at those corners and, and see what they can do, see if they can get any sort of pressure on there uh, or on Mason. So to me, that's again, Turnovers are always the key, but to me, it's even bigger this time when you're down, you know, your backups. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it is huge. That's how that's how you overcome a lot of stuff. In fact, you go back to the game the Ravens won last year. Turnovers won that game. They got three interceptions on Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, and that flipped the game back in. And the Steelers still had a chance to win, but then I think it was a field goal blocked by Calais Campbell that that, that, that kind of that, that ended the Steelers' chances there. But those type of plays can dig you out of tough situations. Heck, if it wasn't for the turnover at the goal line, the Ravens might have beaten the Bengals in the playoff yeah. last year yeah. with Tyler Huntley, by the way. So, like – yeah. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are both great coaches. They know mm. what they're doing. They know how to get the best out of their guys, and their team, their locker rooms believe in them. That is something that's going to be a fact in this game. That's why I'm telling Steelers fans, do not sleep this game right now. One key factor that I think could play into this is if if Minka Fitzpatrick or, or uh, Landon Roberts, the guys that they did practice Wednesday, will see if they practice throughout the rest of the week. If they can't return or if they're returned, it brings in some maybe some slower communication as they as they try to get the defense back together. The key that, that some teams keyed in on for about a month was attacking down the middle of the Steelers' defense. For most of the year, the Steelers going up until about like week 11 or so or week 12 or so, they had allowed one touchdown to tight ends. Then once Minka Fitzpatrick and all their linebackers were out, and I mean, also their backup safeties, they gave up five touchdowns to tight ends. So that was an mm -hmm. issue. I saw Isaiah likely was dealing was dealing with maybe like a nagging injury. How what is his status? Because he has stepped up so well for Mark Andrews and also got me a lot of uh, money in fantasy football this year. <laughs> good, good for you. Congrats on that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's, that's a good question. I can see him playing a little bit. Um, I think so. The year that the Ravens drafted Isaiah likely. They also drafted Charlie Kohler. And Kohler's like, in fact, I think, if I remember correctly, I think Kohler was actually drafted first, which has happened a few times where, like, the, the tight end that was drafted second actually ends up kind of being the star. Like, Mark, Mark Andrews was drafted in the third round, and Hayden Hurst was the first that year. And, it's, I mean, it's happened. I could bring up some several times yeah. that it's happened. So I think this will be the Charlie Kohler game. And, okay. and, and one of the reasons why Likely was able to leapfrog him is because Kolar suffered, uh, he had to get a small surgery in his rookie training camp mm. and then likely just took off. And so Charlie just hasn't been able to like really have the opportunity. But since Mark Andrews went down, he's kind of gone into this number two role and like in little spots here and there, it's like, oh, okay, Charlie, that's why you were drafted before likely. So to me, likely could could play a little bit, but my guess is that this is going to be Charlie's game to to have a chance to shine. 
I think that's gonna that's gonna be a major part of this here is and how do the Steelers try to play that? They've moved Patrick Peterson to safety. He's kind of become and he's become a good safety for them. Like he uh, he's he's rarely targeted because he's so often in position in the last like three games that he's played safety and and I think that's gonna be a big key there. So with that being said, we talked about turnovers. We talked about the Ravens attacking the middle part of the field. Let's get into let's get into the final thing here: predictions, Sarah. What is your prediction for how this game plays out? The maybe the turning point of this game and a final score look here. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it's been a magical season to say the least for Baltimore. I mean, even the games that they've lost, they held the lead for for most of the time. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it seems like they can do no wrong, right? So it wouldn't shock me if somehow, because depth is like the name of the game this year, that somehow the Ravens pulled something out. But I think it would be ridiculous of me to expect that when, when, you know, the Steelers have everything to play for. They're the starters, all of that. It it could end up being close because again, we just know each other. And so you got to, part of it is just putting the players Mm -hmm. in the right place. So I could see it being close, but I still see the Steelers coming out with the win. Something like, you know, 24, 21, somewhere around there. I'm right. I'm right in that range. I said 23-16 was mine because I could see a okay. lot of Justin Tucker field goals yeah. and, and, <laughs> yeah. and things there. And the Steelers just kind of pull ahead in the fourth quarter. And then you just see the Ravens being like, look, we ain't trying to kill ourselves right now. We got mm-hmm. we got a we got a week off and then we get to play whoever we want at this stadium in just a couple of weeks. We know what's, what's going on there. But like you said, both teams are both teams are going to come in with a plan to win, and it's going to be a, a great fight there. She's Sarah Ellison. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Let people they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. First of all, Chris, I just got to say, I'm told that I talk fast. I don't think I keep up with you, <laughs> but I'm good because I always listen to like my podcast on two times speed. With you, I wouldn't even need to do two times. It's very impressive listening to you read ads. It's been it's been great. But um, <laughs> but you can find me the the vault is the name of the podcast. We cover everything Ravens, and I'm on Twitter. My handle's right there, at SG Ellison. Appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you joining us. I have been called the twister of podcast for, for my ad reads because I can, I can just go. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks so much, you all, for joining us here on the Accuracy Fan Advantage, the North Shore Drive podcast. Remember, our entire team, our Brian Batko, Jerry Dulac, Ray Fittipato, they will be there on hand in MIT Bank Stadium, and they'll be covering Steelers, Steelers, Ravens. We'll have post-game reactions here on this very channel, and then the next day, Ray Fittipaldo and I will be breaking things down as far as what happened for the Steelers' playoff hopes and what happened if to see if they are in the playoffs. Stay tuned here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll see you again very soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.